Bailey and Harper, episode 86. Good morning, Roman Harper. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Jay. Um, Kyle, <laughs> you can tell my mind is kind of up there right now. Yeah? Um, We're well, just talking to Cole Kubelik and, you know, Marty and Tim and Jordan and Paul and, you know. Yeah, I'm glad you said Paul right. Paul. Yes. yes. <laughs> this is number 86. No, but for real, it's really, I just almost called you my, my number 86. You did. Yeah. You did. It's okay. It's all right. Let's get to 86. Who is, who is the best to ever wear 86? So I don't know if this is the best to ever wear as much as, like, I've always, I was a big fan of his growing up, so I just want to give him his flowers right now. And so for my 86, it's going to be Jake Reed, wide receiver. Used to be of the Minnesota Vikings was when I was a big fan of his. You know, he was always opposite wow. side of Chris Carter who always got all the love because Chris Carter, all, all he did was score touchdowns. That's what everybody used to, That was his mantra. That's what Chris Berman used to say. Yeah. But Jake Reed was always on the other side and then became the famous third receiver, the third option for Warren Moon when Randy Moss showed up there as well because Randy Moss was Randy Moss. And so I always just a big fan of his. I thought he was a big body, like big-time receiver, caught everything. I really was a big fan of his. So, mm. all right. He is from Covington, Georgia, went to Grambling State. He was a third-round pick in 1991. I was a big fan. And, um, the one, and also, I want to give him his lineage love, too, because I didn't even know this until I wikipedia him. Oh, really? Yes. He's the father of J.R. Reed, who's a safety for the Montreal Alouettes. In this, in the college oh, I thought you were going to be like former Carolina Tar Heel J.R. Reed, for, former L.A. Laker J.R. Reed. Oh, that would have been even cooler. Yeah. He, I, didn't also, I didn't know his brother was Dale Carter, who also played corner, was a baller, too, for a long, a long time ago. And, All right. and he comes from other football family members. So shout out to Jake Reed. That's mine. Here's mine. You ready for this? Yep. Oh, Super he also played 12 NFL seasons. I got to get that in. Yeah. Super Bowl champ. First team all pro wide receiver, Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer, and hokey, hokey, hokey high. Virginia Tech, son of Virginia Tech, one of our favorites, Antonio Freeman. Love it. Antonio Freeman. Uh, Brett Favre's arguably his favorite target in Green Bay. I just remember you always had this little L, like arm thing on it. Like I don't know if he broke it or something, yeah. but he was like the Smitty look before Smitty did. He was just tough. He like, was. Antonio Freeman was just tough as a $2 steak. And, he was and that's just, when the Packers were great. Yeah. They yeah. were fun to watch. They had, you know, all those great players. Mark Moore was on that team. They had the two running backs. Yeah. They, they had, you know, of course, you know, it was always in Lambeau Field, like the whole deal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was really Frozen good times. Tumble. And I'll never forget when he made the crazy one-handed catch on, was that Monday night? Oh, yeah. It was like, did it help somebody's butt or something? I forgot I think what it was. So. I have to revisit that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it was something like that. And that kind of like, you got to have that signature play. It's almost like a Heisman moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, in college football, but to have that in the NFL, that's his moment that will always be remembered. Antonio for. Freeman was a beast. So uh, you mentioned Smitty right there. I just I just got done doing Smitty's podcast, right? So there are two look things. Look at I'll, you. You look at – hold on, hold on. Talking about me, for me, talking to all these people. How about you? What? Smitty, I'll, you're just name dropping. I no, mean, no, you no. You're going to appreciate this, I though, just right? had my you – know, we're not even going to talk about your marketing ideas and things you got going on. We'll get to that, too, right? Okay. We'll get to that. We'll get to all of it. We have a whole hour to do this, but – um, no, so I, mean, I was out early this morning. I got two podcasts and a radio show today. It's going to be a long day. But uh, I was just talking Panthers with Smitty. But this whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing has gotten my wife to pay more attention to the National Football League and up her interest in the National Football League than ever before. All right. So why does that matter? So she asked questions. I show her things. And I was showing her the other night 
old Roman Harper highlights on YouTube, right? Because she just, you know, she just knows you as Roman. She doesn't care about Roman, the football player. She hasn't historically. She's just like, that's Roman. I like Roman. So I'm showing her old highlights, right? And I get around to the Smitty one. And like almost on cue, as I show it to her, she goes, why did he do that? And I looked at her and I was like, because he was pissed and he felt like it. <laughs> and she was like, but... Okay, I was like, yeah, no, because he was pissed and he felt like it. Mm -hmm. So I've been showing her old highlights of you and some of the old plays and things like that. Um, yeah, it's been fun. That's a lot. It, it, to watch her actually take some interest in football things. Yes, and go from just did knowing you bring you was, this up with Smitty. What you didn't bring this? No, up. No, okay. no, no, no. We didn't talk. Y'all y'all covered that on a podcast. Yeah, we did. We didn't need to talk about that. But no, it's funny because you know we were just reminiscing and watching old stuff. So I showed her that. But um, no, I was already I've already talked Panthers once this morning. Already? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. First of all, address your wife. Shout out to, shout out to her for always not listening and right, allowing right. us to. Talk she listens. No, she listens to the podcast all the time now. Oh no, she does not listen to my radio show. Okay, okay. she does not listen to me on I radio. I thought that carried over. She listens to the podcast. <laughs> she does not listen to the radio show. Okay, so got she's it. probably this, more interested in what you have to say. No, she hears from me all yeah, the time. I, I could totally hear that. I right. could totally understand that. She hears your voice enough. Um, I, I think it's been really cool to see. Like more people have interest in the NFL and its product, but it all can't. Let's, I mean, you can't talk about that and not talk about how it almost all got flushed down the toilet when he sprained his ankle a little bit the other day in the game. I'm like, dude, she would if Taylor if he would have got hurt, a player that's traditionally never been hurt. Yeah. All of a sudden, you dating this swift person, and all of a sudden you're out. Yep. There was, Just about that to be a, there was about to be a war Dude. between Chiefs Kingdom <laughs> there, and the Swifties. There was no doubt. They, people don't understand how big of a nuclear problem we just oh, yeah. averted right there. Oh, yeah. All right? Absolutely. This was Armageddon the movie averted. 1,000%. This is what happened. Because then he comes back out and tud. I mean, yeah. He comes you know right I mean? back out, just touchdown. So. Everything's all right. We survived. But it, it has drawn <laughs> some people to the NFL, like my wife, that yes. weren't exactly all but that But I just want to know what this – all this, this, these lanes merging in is what it's going to create. Yeah. And we talked about this last week again. You know, it's some outside factors, I think, that are yeah. going to continue to build upon, especially as this team will, and they will, continue to win. So there are some other things I want to talk to you about. Right, but I do want to hit the Panthers for a second because people are interested in what you think, uh, as they should be. They're 0-5. They're it's a nuclear disaster, right? I, and we, <laughs> we were just talking. <laughs> we were just talking about it for an hour. On Smitty's podcast. And, like, he was asking me what I yeah, think. I want to know what he's It was weird to be is. interviewed by Steve Smith. I, I just got to throw that out there. Because <laughs> I usually do the interviewing of Steve Smith. But, Correct. So he's interviewing me, and we're talking about what people are thinking and what the fans say. And I mean, they want blood. Like, they want somebody <laughs> fired for this They want to hit on a spike. Oh, hell yeah. They, they want, want, they want somebody's job to parade through the streets of Uptown. That's what, the, <laughs> that's what they want. Like, unacceptable 0-5 fucking idiots get them out somebody's got to lose a job Somebody gotta go that's what i mean that's the gist of what i get pretty much every day have they cut anybody no not really no i don't think so um but you know the bye week's coming up you got one more game uh you get to go play basically basketball on turf against miami which should which should go really well for carolina mm. uh, a team that hung 70 on denver just a couple of weeks ago i'm sure Carolina's going to keep pace offensively um so you got that you got i think the bye week and then houston where it's bryce young versus cj stroud and Carolina, Houston's a better team right now. Oh, for sure. Like across the board, yes. He's a better team. And, um, you know, so that's going to be a huge referendum on everything. And 
Oh, man, what an interesting time. Um, Look, man, Kyle, I said this since day one, Kyle. At some point, somebody's going to see me in the streets that's listening to the podcast and say, hey, Roman, you were right, okay? It's not like I've been saying. I've been telling you since day one, my fandom was bought back. Right. I choose. Well, you that. have been a, you have been approached in the streets by podcast fans <laughs> here in the last couple of months, so you know that, it's going to happen. That is true. But somebody's going to be like, Roman, you're right, because for months here, I've been saying this team bought my fandom back. I didn't like some of the decisions that were being made previously. I was just like, it didn't make sense. We were chasing too much. We were trying to do this. We are chasing our own tail. And, and, like, I knew, like, this team was going to struggle this year because of all the outside things that I had seen in the decisions that had been made, not just about the roster, but other pieces of the puzzle that I had question marks about. Was J.C. Horn going to be able to stay healthy, right? He's going to always be compared to Patrick Sertan, who just made the most – one of the best plays I've seen a DB make in a long time. Him, like, pulling the ball away from this guy. Oh, yeah. The Jets, and then, like, catching it between his legs some yeah. kind of way. Pat's a baller. He's a baller. Crazy. So he hasn't been healthy. Can they keep and protect Bryce Young? Seems like they've been doing an okay job of it. But everybody's got question marks about the offense. They also, what if they would have hired Steve Wilkes? Um, I, I told him if they would have did that, Tepper would have had a freezy, easy, get out of jail card free. Yeah. For free. Like, it would have been easy. You know what I mean? Because he's from here, people respected him, the team was trending in the right direction, the players said they wanted him, and I, I appreciate all the players, you know, um, Big Brown, after the game, talking about, like, we got the right pieces, like, they're saying the right things, but none of that matters if you don't win, you no. know what I mean? And, it's like- and, and so, all these things, Kyle, you know, this to this to lead to this, um, also, didn't th- I thought the division was, they had better teams. I, it doesn't look good, Frank Wright doesn't give good answers to explain certain things after the game. And so, like, you're not getting anything. So, as a fan, I'm like, bro, what am I getting right now? If they were and losing, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. No. And if they I were, think it, that's the, also the – they're not showing, okay, they're improving in this, this, and this. And right. This. That's the – if they were losing shootouts 34-31, people would not be nearly as upset. If the, if, if the offense looked competent, people would not be nearly as upset. And you hired an <laughs> offensive guy because this is what you want because that's what you told us. That's the problem. That's the problem. And so I got to sit up here on the radio every day and criticize these guys, the coaching staff. Um, and I, it's, I, I never make it personal, right? I can't do what those guys do. They can't do what I do, right? We I don't all, even know them. But, but I, it's not personal at all. It's that this owner opted not to go with Steve Wilkes, a guy who, by the way, beat four of the five teams Carolina's lost to so far this year. <laughs> four of the five losses so far this year, Steve Wilkes beat those very same teams. I didn't even know that. Last year. So you opted not to go with Wilkes, all right? Then you go all in. You trade up. You get Bryce. You spend all this money on a coaching staff geared toward developing the quarterback. You got all these former quarterbacks on staff, <laughs> right? Then you bring in two run game dudes like Thomas Brown and Deuce Staley. So you got everything covered now, all right? You got Jim Caldwell sitting up, you know, as an extra set of eyes. I mean, my God, what an extra set of eyes to have up there. Yeah, you've seen it all. Right. You got that going on. You brought Dom Capers back, like – Holy shit. Like, this is about to be a brand new, spectacular era of Carolina Panthers football. At the very least, they've got to look like a professional football team, right? We're all thinking that. That's easy. Dumpster fire. <laughs> Just dumpster fire. And they spent money on Miles Sanders this offseason. Nothing personal against Miles, but that ain't working out. He's putting the ball on the, on the rug. Like, he's not picking up. Chuba Hubbard looks like the much better back right now. Um, LaVisca Chenault looks better with the ball in his hands on some of the, the stuff, he, the gadget plays that he's been getting. Um, you know, the, <laughs> so you go, you go sign Hayden Hurst to be your pass-catching tight end. 
Yet sat yet Sunday, you run a wide receiver screen and a chaotic pocket with your backup blocking tight end with Ian Thomas. How's that helping your quarterback out? Like that backup blocking tight end already has Aiden Hutchinson to deal with on the edge. And you want him to give him the old okie doke in the pocket and for Bryce to slip him a screen pass. Why? Like, why are you doing that stuff? <laughs> Terrace Marshall Jr. was the leading receiver. He led them in catches the previous week against Minnesota. He didn't play a snap on Sunday. And the head coach didn't notice. Called I, I, it a miscommunication. Called it a miscommunication. This is a week after he apparently tried to call a play specifically for Adam Thielen and didn't know Adam Thielen was on the field or wasn't on the field, right? So you got a head coach trying to call plays, manage the game, manage the clock. None of it's going well, right? You got a quarterback, you know, who's already being doubted by a lot of people because he's small and he doesn't have Josh Allen's arm. And he's got two guards out, so he's taking heat. Up until this past weekend, he had wide receivers who were getting no separation outside of Thielen. And we're all expecting him to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And it's not fair to Bryce Young. So I got people like, KB's a bust. They should have never drafted him. You this and that. And I'm like, how could you even begin to assess him like that, given the absolute horseshit going on around him offensively? How could you do that? Like, it's not fair to the kid. I agree. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it makes for good radio. I'll be honest with you. Like, it makes for a lot of fun. But we'd all prefer it was for different reasons. We'd all prefer it was because they were 5-0. and So, I don't know, man. Like, does, does, is there a sacrificial firing coming in the bye week? Uh, I would That cut happens some, all the time. I would have cut somebody on the team. Um. At some point, you got to do something. Like you, you got to like you can't just continue to go down this pathway that you're on because it's not it's not trending. You're not winning. I don't, and I'm not inside the locker room, so I don't know what those players are saying and doing and fighting for each other. So I do understand that. My do my 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 question or what I would be nervous about, Kyle, is that none of these players are from winning. Like they haven't won. Thank you. At it's least, a big, at, big at least not here in Carolina. So this locker room itself doesn't even know what it feels like. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we come from different places. Miles, yes, you won a Super Bowl. Yeah, you were on the, you were in the Super Bowl. You guys have won all these great games, other places. But the people that have been here, Ian Thomas, he ain't won here. No, you know what I'm saying? Well, like Taylor Moten hasn't won here. Taylor Moten, he ain't won here. Brian Burns, you ain't won here. Mm-mm. So like all these things. You know, Shaq Thomas won. Thompson won here, but he on the shelf. Right. He the only one that's won here. Yep. So, well, J.J., but he J.J. Ain't nobody J.J. not doing nothing. He's not moving <laughs> no needles. He's a snapper, bro. And I love J.J. He's funny, man. He, I love J.J. Yeah. I, mean, I, I say that with all due respect, as I would, as Greg, Greg Olson would tell me I should say first, but I said it. All right. But J.J.'s not moving the needle. So right. nobody here has won. That that matters as well. A huge, a huge point is that, um, especially in the NFL locker room, where it's different than college. Mm-hmm. College, you have like, you know, and that's the space I cover majority now. You have this foundational function of or senses sense of excellence that's been there before. They can show you, you know, trophies and this, that, and other, and blah, 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 and all that, right? So it's a tradition there. That tradition is not here in Carolina where it's been established long enough because it hasn't been around. It's only been like 20-something years, really. Yeah. And then from that part of it, you know, championships and also people from winning or playoff teams still in that locker room, that, that just does not – that's not the case. Well, right I think now. there's part of it, too, where Jerry Richardson owned this team up until five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And Jerry Richardson was, is a Carolinian. Right? He's gone now, but Jerry Richardson was a Carolinian. Like, he yes. was of this place. And so for all of – whatever you think about 
Big Cat and the way things ended and all that, whatever you think about that. There was a connection to the people, to the place, to the he team. He brought it here right. for them. He brought it here for them. Well, for him too. Right, of course for him. But, like, you know, there was that very strong bond. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and to hear former players, I've talked about this, Steve and Cam and Greg and all of these guys, the way they just they speak about Jerry with such reverence or appreciation or love or all of it, um, you know, that bond is gone now. And David Tepper has no connection to this place. He's from Pittsburgh, right? And so you've had these mishaps with Rock Hill, um, you know, with the, you know, trying to get the soccer team ahead. All the things that have happened on top of him not being from here, on top of the losing football, on top of some of the PR missteps, on top of running Cam out, on to, like all of that. They don't like him. They don't trust him. And he's given them very little reason to at this point because all they care about is winning football. And all they've done is lose football games. So, you know, until that's the root of it all. Just like this year, the hand-wringing, the anxiety over Bryce, David Tepper, the direction of the organization. We can talk about what's wrong, all the shitty things happening until the cows come home. As soon as they start winning football games again, whenever that is in the future, things will get better because that's what fixes everything. Winning fixes it all. Now, the only way you're going to start winning football games is if you make better decisions, better hires, you know, let people do their jobs. But um, I do wonder because it is ridiculous. I need better answers from Frank Reich, too. I need better answers. I I feel bad, in a sense, going after the coaching staff the way that I have the last couple of weeks. That's that's, that's not professional, period. And I'm not trying to question his professionalism, but... Is it just too honest? You're not doing yourself any favors by being that honest in certain ways. Like, I guess we need to know the fact that you didn't realize TMJ wasn't on the field all Sunday long. He led your team in catches the week prior. How does that not happen? I I don't understand. You don't have anything in the playbook where I'm like, okay... I really like Terrace in this position where, okay, if I see this matchup, like, this is good. I'm starting to set this thing up. Terrace Marshall should show up and, like, take advantage of this. Right. None of that crosses your mind when you're calling the game. Right. You don't see – you don't ever notice that 88's not out there at all? Pretty conspicuous guy. Right? So, I, that's concerning. The clock management well, stuff has been or, concerning. Are you so concerned with what they're doing that, like, you don't even have time to look at your own players? I think that would be – that means you don't know who's that running back. That it means, means you, you probably have too much on your plate. It means you probably shouldn't be calling plays. It means you probably should be the head coach and let Thomas Brown call the plays. Something. I would think so anyway. Because all of this indicates you've got too much going on. And I, I've used this example several times, and some people are probably – if you listen to a lot of my content, you're probably tired of hearing me say it. But it needs pointed out that Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia is the biggest Frank Reich disciple and supporter of all time. Like when, when he went and beat Jeff Saturday and Indy last year, yeah. he was screaming after the game, that's for Frank Reich. <laughs> so Nick Sirianni loves Frank Reich. And I want to include again that I think Frank Reich is a spectacular human being. I think Frank Reich is a, a very good man. And I hate criticizing him like this, but it's really not as much about him as it is ownership. But the point is, Sirianni in his first year realized, oh, I can't be the head coach and call plays. I better give this up to Shane Steichen. Turned out okay. Like I think Frank needs to take a cue from one of his mentees and, and give that stuff to Thomas Brown. Because you can't have the clock blunders. You can't not know what players are on the field. You can't not notice that your your leading receiver the week before doesn't play all game. That's preposterous is what that what, is. What were the wide receiver coaches doing? I, I, I need more than just Frank to answer for this. What the wide receiver coach thinking? How you even get this guy? How, like it's did so he play at all? Yeah, I don't know. Or no, he no, just no, didn't no, have he didn't, no catches. No, zero, zero snaps. How that happen? That's what I'm saying. Like it's so obvious. Who wide receiver coach? How he don't get no reps? It's so. I'm with Frank a little bit now. It's I, almost, so I don't believe it. It's hard to believe. Like did y'all secretly suspend him? Like what happened here? Because there's no way you didn't. Somebody didn't realize. Hey, how he had a jersey and don't get nothing. 
Come on now. No reps? Not on the field one time. He had nine catches the week before. <laughs> I'm I'm like, bro, what a wide receiver coach. Like somebody, how, what is this going on? Again, so preposterous, it's almost difficult to believe that it's true. I agree. Which was something else. Anyway, it's just not a good look for Carolina. And I don't – these fans are hot, man. I hear they from are them every hot. single I mean, day. <laughs> we keep setting new daily records on the text line on FNC. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Right now. We're the greatest ratings in FNZ history right now. Right now. Oh, right now. Shout out to the Through Panthers. the roof, dude. But it's because fa- fans care. They also like to scream. They're very unhappy, deeply unhappy. Like David Tepper's bringing them Garth Brooks and Beyonce, but all they want some winning football. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're like, dude, get rid of the freaking turf, bring back natural grass, and give us some football. We'll be much happier. You ain't lying. That's you what you're saying. They're well, like, dude, there's a lot of that for sure. There's a lot of that. It's just, you know, what else do you have to be happy about right now? The world's in shambles. Like, yeah, what, what are we looking forward on. to around here? The Charlotte Hornets. So you know, if, if you're waiting for the Hornets to rescue you in the end of the year, you're in bad shape. What would Julian Council say right now? If that, if you go to the farmer's that, market on Sundays, he'd be telling people to go to the farmer's market to do anything <laughs> other than watch the Panthers. That's what he would be doing. He would tell people to hit up your nearest farmer's market, take a hike, literally anything other than subject yourself to Panthers football. Right Shout now. out to Julian. Council. That's exactly. I, I would need to know his opinion. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to ask him. You should. I think I'm going to shoot out this text, Kyle, at some point, maybe during this podcast or, or after Julian Council. Definitely. So you, you – right, now let's go to you for a second because I want to get off the Panthers. You went to, to Athens this past weekend, right? Yes. You got to see Kentucky two weeks in a row. You actually went to two of the best campus environments in the country back-to-back weeks. Lexington, Kentucky is a fun town. It's a fun campus, fun place to be. And I love Athens, Georgia. Love that place. Was it popping? Athens was definitely good. It was oh. a lot of people there. Uh, well, I get it. it. You, you're an Alabama guy. You're not going to heap too much praise on Athens. I get it. I mean, Athens is nice, dude. It's a nice college town for sure. And it's like, an, it's bigger. It has a really good vibe because the campus is right next to like, like three, three by three of like mayhem, like restaurants, bars, all kinds of nightlife. Like it's all right there. Yeah. So it's very close and accessible. So that part of Athens is very, it's kind of unique and different. Lexington is a little bit further out. And it's also like Athens is like a college town still that's starting to grow more and get more of a restaurant scene and yep. trying to be a little bit more fancier versus like Lexington is like you have the city of Lexington and everything that Lexington has to offer. And then inside of it, you have a university of Kentucky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. To me, that's the different feel. Um, just the whole nine, like the whole lifestyle, everything in Lexington is just a little bit different because you got all the horse, horse stuff. The horse oh, racing yeah. is like, yeah, that's Lexington. Like, like that's what it is. You have the University of Kentucky in it though, which is cool. You know what I mean? And uh, all the money that's there too, it's crazy uh, in Lexington because of all the horse racing and all those other things. And and of course the, the hospitals are really good, but the nightlife in, in Kentucky is nice too. So it's just really cool. Everywhere I go, I get to see these different things. I thought. One of the coolest things about um, Athens is that, man, it's uh, it, it's funny how they just bark at people. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They'll, hoo, hoo, walking, hoo, hoo. That's like a thing for them. If you're um, out on a Saturday night, <laughs> dudes will drop down to all fours and bark at you. There's no doubt. Lots Especially of as them. an opposing. Lots of them. Yes. If you have the that. audacity to wear opposing team gear in Athens on a weekend night, you're going to get barked at. It, yeah, it happens. And it's funny. It's, uh, it's the pageantry. It's all the traditions that are college football and it's whole you know that whole spectacle so it's just really cool whenever i'm uh this week will be in knoxville which is probably the biggest city in the sec that a college is in 
Uh, it's used a, to, that place, I don't know how many times you've been there. A couple, like once, twice. Okay. So it was, Knoxville was about three hours from me growing up. Um, and I actually drove my brother there the, day, the morning after he got drafted by the Oakland A's. Drove him out to Knoxville to sign his professional contract. We were so okay. hungover. We were so hungover. He shit in my he shit in my pants. Um, I let him borrow a pair of shorts. I probably shouldn't tell that story, but it, uh, he's going to kill me for that. Um, but we got hammered the night before that uh, you know celebrating him getting drafted. So we drive out to Knoxville, and I only bring that up because you know I I got out to Knoxville, you know maybe once or twice every two years. I don't know, but like the growth of that place is unbelievable. Knoxville? Like for a place that, yes. I mean, obviously the University of Tennessee is there, and but still, well, I've only it's seen like it is like, a small city is what it is. Yes, it, it is. And, <laughs> and it did not used to be that big. You know, we used to, like, growing, That's crazy you say it because I only know it since I've been going because, you know, I've played there, but yeah. actually, like, yeah. being there, right. I've only been, like, once or twice. So we were t- I, was, I was in Tennessee a good amount growing up. Um, you know, we used to go to Dolly World. We'd go to Pigeon Forge you know, for vacations and things like that. Go ride to go-karts. First place I saw a bear. First of all, up. outside the 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 orange, the Tennessee orange. I like Knoxville. The Tennessee oh, it's orange good, it's a cool place. is cool place. Yeah, I love it. The Tennessee orange is a little off. Though. So remember when uh, Tennessee and Virginia Tech played at, at Bristol Motor Speedway a couple years ago in front of one hundred fifty thousand? Yeah, people. it was a ton of people. Broke yes. the college football attendance record, right? So mm-hmm. the, so Bristol's halfway between Blacksburg and Knoxville. Mm-hmm. It's about an hour and a half for each side to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I've been down through there a lot, and I, as much Tennessee fans. I, I've always believed that while every fan base has their crazies, Tennessee has more than anybody else. You know, I love my Tennessee friends. They're some of the best people I know. But their fan base has a greater percentage of absolute fucking lug nuts than any fan base in America, right? I mean, I got swarmed by Vol Nation on Twitter right before that game, you know, for talking little shit. They came out – I mean, I think they've got an army of Twitter bots, like 10,000 strong <laughs> – they're, they're just full of nut jobs, so in the best possible way. But it's also why I always thought, even through, you know, Derek Dooley and Butch Jones and Lane Kiffin dropping, like, I was like, they'll be back at some point yeah, because they care too much, right? Even when they're awful, even when Derek Dooley and Butch Jones were just throwing out slop every Saturday. And Butch was talking about champions. They still of, showed up. They showed up, man, 90,000 of them, loud and drunk Can't wait and to obnoxious. play Rocky Top. Cannot wait to play. It's a great experience. It's a great town. It's a great, you know, college football experience. Like, I got to give them credit, man. They're, they're, it's a lot of fun to go. Do. You're going to have a lot of fun this weekend. Marty's going to feel right at home. Love you it. Know, not too far from his neck, of the, our neck of the woods. That's going to be a good time. I, um, It's going to be really fun. Um, They play Texas A&M. Texas A&M coming off a tough loss to Alabama. They, I thought they played hard. They just they didn't win enough of their one on one battles. Um, plain and simple. Yeah, Alabama outplayed them, outperformed them one on one situations. Yep. Um, also, in the biggest plays that need or had to be made in these big moments in close games, you know, Alabama made those plays. Max Johnson didn't throw Anaya Smith deep enough into the end zone. Allowed Terry on Arnold to make a play on a deep ball one time. That would have really changed the outlook of the whole game. Instead, uh, Texas A&M had to settle for a field goal. Then another time, they had to settle for a field goal, and Alabama blocks it. I didn't watch the game. I only watched it on tape. So, Kyle, like, I feel better about it at some times because I'm not emotionally charged, right? Where if I'm watching Alabama games, I'm emotionally charged because I'm a fan. Oh, yeah. So, like, I'm emotionally charged. I'm already, like. We have that in common. Saturdays are the day that I get unhinged. Yeah. It's like, dude, your colleges, man, it does something to you like that. It hits different. So for me, it was it was a blessing that I was just busy Saturday. I had all I had uh, 
Roman had basketball. London had a basketball game. So like going between them two, I had I was I didn't even have time to watch the game. Yep. I was just gonna keep my faith that Alabama was gonna win and I was gonna be happy and that happened. Then I got to go back and watch it. And so I'm not emotionally attached yeah, you to are. like certain plays yeah, or you moments. Are. No, no, no. You're just not as not you're not as manic when you're watching the playback. Right. Yes. Yeah. You're not as manic when you watch the playback. Because you already know what happened. You already know the score. You can watch it without being a freak. But I'm with you. Like, I can't – I don't want to watch those games with anybody on Saturday. And so, I didn't already know what happened until I watched the tape. And then when I watched the tape, I watched the highlights. So, that I think that kind of helped me. Um, that kind of helped me as well. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, but, you know, Knoxville, you know, with Tennessee, they have had some – the question the quarterback, Joe Milton, his, uh, his ability to be able to consistently – be what they need him at quarterback. Mm-hmm. They have, they do have a great running game, though. Uh, it's also very unique. He, Joe is he's just the epitome of a tools guy, right? Like the NFL teams, you know, somebody's going to overdraft Joe. Um, what do they call him? Overthrow Joe? That's their, their nickname for him in Tennessee. That was Bazooka Joe. Is it Bazooka Joe? Oh. <laughs> All, Tennessee fan told me that a couple weeks ago. They're no, calling him no. Overthrow Joe these days. I can't wait. When I get there, I'm going to ask. Yeah, but like he got clocked at 21.3 miles an hour a couple weeks ago. Did you see this? It was the fastest. I think the stat was it was a weird comparison, but like it was the fast. It was faster than any NFL quarterback got clocked, I think is the way they put it on like the Sunday before. I don't. But like he's got a monster arm. He's 6'5", 240. He's, he, can run, he can run, right? So even though his numbers aren't spectacular, right, and he's got accuracy issues, some NFL team is going to think that guy, if I get my hands on that guy, that's a Hall of Famer right there. You know, that's how these guys, that's how coaches are, right? I doubt they're thinking Hall of Famer originally, but. Well, some coach. There's, there's at least one coach out there thinking that. Somebody's going to take him. But, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, it's funny. I was listening on the way in to uh, a Boston uh, or Patriots beat writer talking about how bad a shape New England's in right now. Oh, they're cooked. And I'm watching Alabama, and Alabama's obviously not in bad shape. But, you know, it's just funny listening to Bill Belichick and Nick Saban being My questioned yeah, at the yeah. same time, right? They're mm-hmm. being questioned concurrently. Like, are we watching them? Like, for Belichick, it's like, oh, is it over? This is – they just got – People st- question Alabama or just Alabama fans that are dumb. I, well, sure, fine, whatever. I'm just – like, it's – How it, dare they question – It's worse in New England because they're getting their asses kicked. But, like, yes. watching people start to question both those guys, really question them, has been fascinating. Um, and then you go to a coach who I think wasn't questioned enough when he got the job. Did, you saw what Mario Cristobal did on Saturday night. Awful. One of the worst things I – Dude, you see he had to come back and say, like, all right, I'll, next time I will take a knee. He's done it twice. Yeah, he did it before. Against Stanford yes. in 2017. Yes. He did it. He did it then. Turnover. They kick a field goal to force overtime. Stanford wins. You would have thought that's the kind of thing you learn from, right? You lose a ball game that way. You would think that that's the kind of thing, okay, I'm never doing that again. And they went right back to it. It's crazy. Dude. And, like, him losing is such a big so – them power pro people told him, hey, come in here, bro. You're not going to do that. Right. You're going to fucking take the knee. Yes, because right. that's what you do Yeah, to win a ball well, game. You're not, he just – I mean, not only that, but it messed up the whole hype train that was going to be this weekend. Oh, yeah. Miami at North Carolina. Like, yep. they, he messed it all up. I think North Carolina is the best team in the conference. Not not to pivot away from that too quickly, but, I mean, I, I, I think like that that's – But But, to your point of set, like, I – Mario Cristobal can recruit. He's going to get talent. As he got talent in Oregon, but he's never got to win. He's never been a great tactical coach on Saturdays ever. You know he wasn't a great coach at FIU by any stretch. He got fired at FIU. 
And at Oregon, I mean, Justin Herbert was way better than that offense showed. And look at him in the NFL. Like, there were people who were like, what do you mean Justin Herbert's going to be a top five pick? Did you see the Oregon offense? And then he gets out of it. We're like, oh, yeah, it was Cristobal. Yeah, okay, that makes total sense. And he did it to TVD last year, right? I mean, they, they've been out-athleting people so far this year. Um, they're not well coached, but they've got some good players because they always have good players. They always have good athletes on they that team. They look good versus um, Texas A&M, but Texas A&M defensive backs got torched. Yeah, of course. Like, I mean, aren't we wondering how good Texas A&M is, though? I mean – I've never, I never drank the Kool Aid. Okay, All right. I, I always That's question Texas A&M just because they usually tend to like let you down. Yeah. Like they don't like the moment you think like okay it's safe, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's an impressive operation. They have a lot of money. And like the moment you, the moment you don't think that they can jump up and bite you, that's when they do. Yeah. So like when you're dealing with that, you got to believe it sometimes. Yeah. And so. That's well, where I'm at. With I get it. No, I get it. But you're right. But I think, I think that's a great statement of you saying North Carolina being the best team in the ACC. So my Hokies you, play that. Does that mean that they're going to beat Florida State? Well, that's what I'm saying. My, you down to that right my, now? my Hokies play that Florida State on Saturday. Um, Florida State jumped out to a 22-0 lead. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be humiliating. And then Tech battled back. And they scored 17 straight. Right? They pulled back to within five. They got back in the game. They settled in. Uh, but Florida State pulled away. Tech made a couple of mistakes late. Ended up 39-17. Game was closer than the score indicates. It was one of those where they just got, yep. ugly, got ugly at the end. As a Tech fan, I w- I'll say this real quick. Uh, they had about five, six guys maybe offensively that looked like they belonged on the field with a top five team. That wasn't true last year. So I'll mm-hmm. take that as a win that I do think Brent Pry's getting better and better talent on the roster. Right? He's recruiting pretty well. You could see that. Drones, Tootin, uh, you know, Jalen um, um, Mills, I believe. And like, they have some dudes out there that can really play. But I do think Florida State's good. I think they're explosive offensively. I don't like the fact that they continue to jump out to early leads and then let teams back into the game. They can be run on, which if you've got a, a stout running game, and Carolina does, they're going to be able to run the football against Florida State. I believe that. Okay. And that's the big difference this year in the Chip Lindsey offense versus the Phil Longo offense last year and the last couple They're of years. Running ball. Longo couldn't wait to get away from the run, right? <laughs> Chip Lindsey, you know, while they've got Drake May and Drake just threw for over 400 yards and three touchdowns again, like I think Drake's the best quarterback in the country personally, all due respect to Caleb Williams, who's a beast. Um, but they've got a running game. I got people that, that not have sold on Caleb. Well, well one, just one. It's not that I'm not sold. I just think Drake's that good. Yeah. Um, and they can really run the football, and that's going to give Florida State problems. So they've got a set. They've got a strong running game in Carolina, and they got Drake May to complement a strong running game. Their defense is finally legit. Like not, I wouldn't say elite, but it's a top twenty-five group at least. I think when the end of the season comes, and they've got some dudes that can get after the quarterback. So. You know, I'm not a Carolina fan. I've got no vested interest in Tar Heel football, but I think they might win their first ACC title in like 42 years. That would be so awesome. I mean, it'd be good for the fans around here, for sure. I would love to see it. Yeah, I, I do think – we'll see. I mean, it's – So, I, you I, know you're saying that, though. That would mean they were going undefeated and beating in the playoffs. I mean, they're 5-0. and They smoke Syracuse. Like, they've been – they won the first couple of weeks despite things not looking anywhere close to, you know – perfect or even mid-season form they were running the ball bullying people defensively drake had a couple of like slow starts mediocre games but they still were getting better and finding ways to win and now they're just i mean that performance on saturday syracuse isn't that good 
right? They're four and two now, but they're not that good. But that was dominant. Forty to seven, beat them across the board, and they're doing more and more of that every week. They're playing complimentary football. Okay. So they're trending in the right direction. You can you like count it. me as somebody who has never been a believer in North Carolina football, right? Um, but I actually think this team's got it. So, All right. Well, you heard it here first. Well, we'll see. I mean, no, no, no. You are committed. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm committed I'm now? You, oh, yeah, I'm holding you I to mean, that. they lost four games no, down the no, stretch. No, what, do you no, mean, what do you mean? I'm going to lock it in no, to the yeah, ACC I'm champs I'm locking today? you in. Yes. Are you kidding me right now? Yes, this just happened. I'm right. locking you in. Whatever, man. You don't get to back out. Okay, so what's your boldest football take? You got one? Since I, since you're locking me into Carolina's ACC champs, what's yours? Mm-mm. You don't have one? No, I don't. Uh-uh. All right. I refuse to get You want to talk about uh, what's going on in the Middle East? I know you don't want to talk about that. That was a joke, brother. No, I don't want to talk about that. Okay, I was like. I do want to ask you about this, because Thursday I'm going to play golf in at Primlin in Virginia. Oh, that's a spectacular course. Who are you playing with? I got some friends. Oh, oh, it's one somebody, of those. And somebody dropped out, so I got I got the late invite. And so I bet I know one member of that party. I, we don't have to speculate, but go ahead. Uh, it's in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I, I don't know. Oh, I, just, I know it. That's home. I, I expected you to know. So tell me about it. What am I? What am I walking into? Spectacular course. It is a spectacular. Oh, course. you want to talk about a mountain golf course? You're going to have an unbelievable time. Now, bring an extra sleeve of balls. I plan on bringing a ton of balls. Okay, that's all. Because I don't know. Just because the uh, the courses in my neck of the woods, those very mountainous golf courses, as you know, like they're not like the flat Myrtle Beach courses. You're going to lose a ball. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, you got to keep it in play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just greens and fairways, baby. That's it. You know, but no, it, it is a beautiful course. I've never played it, but I've gotten a tour of it. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. I've I'm, never played I'm the course myself, but I, I've gotten a tour of it and I've watched the videos. I don't know of who it. I'm playing with. Uh, oh, I do know, but well, of no. course you know you're playing with, right? To an extent, anyway. Yes, but no, it, it is a. I, I've know several people who've played it and they they rave about it. So okay. I know it the area. Like, well. It was almost rated the number one golf course in Virginia. I think somebody sent me a, a link to it. Uh, there's, you said the highest rated? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I don't. I think I don't know the deep history of it. Uh, I think uh, Shane Beamer actually, South Carolina, has talked to me about it before. I think he loves the place. I I did hear it was like um, some rich foreigner bought all that land or whatever, it turned into a golf club, and then oh here it is, the number one rated resort in the southeast according to Condé Nast Traveler. Yeah, I guess that one. <laughs> that one? No, seriously, that's what it is. I mean, it is. Have you seen the pictures of it? Uh, a little bit, but not. I didn't want to. I want to be surprised. You're gonna love this place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, this is. This is the essence of home for me. This is not too far from where I grew up, where most of my family is. So, uh, man, oh, cool. I'm looking at pictures right now. Well, that's why that's why I wanted to ask you about it. I want, since well, I it's got a full you. it's a full fledged resort too. Mm-hmm. So, you, like, this is a is it a bros trip, like a work yeah. trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say because if you did take the kids, I mean, you could put them on horseback. Now, you could. There's so many things you can do with kids there too. I think. Oh, really? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I've heard about some of this stuff. I told my wife I may want to take her. She so when my boy mentioned this trip to me. I said, yeah, maybe, because he was like, dude, maybe, like, you see it, you want to maybe bring Heather out here for, like, a trip. I'm like, ooh, that'd be a nice surprise for Heather. As I'm saying that, she's walking in. Did she catch it? Yeah. She did? What'd she say? So, she said, I said, all right, right, bro, I'm going to hit you back later. Uh And then, I was like, hey, babe, like, maybe Thursday, could I maybe go to this um, golf in, in this Virginia, in Virginia? And she's like, mm. <laughs> she's like, she's like, what's the prize are you talking about for me? Uh huh. Uh huh. I was like, there well, better be some get back there. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, this this resort it has this golf course, da da da, and like maybe if I would have went, 
if I go, I like it, then like maybe playing trip with you. Let she's me go like, scout it real quick. Yeah, she's yeah. like, yeah, but the surprise for me was, is is you going to golf to go see? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you just heard the back half of it. And you only heard with you. I was just saying like, after I go and like, oh man, maybe this would be a nice little surprise tripper. I mean, because it's not far away. Right. It's not a far as far as the drive is concerned. And. Yeah, she was, but yeah, she was cool. No, you're going to love this. I, I'm glad you're taking this trip. I'm really glad you're taking this. Oh, you know, there was a story that I wanted to get your thoughts on. Because I normally try and golf on Thursdays, but this will be this will take up for that. I, I've been thinking about playing. I haven't played. I've been. I have refused to play golf for like f- I know. four or five years now. I've wanted. It's been a while. No, we talked about this. I might dust off the clubs. I, w- I started to text you that the other night, and I wouldn't even let myself text you that. I was like, no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even committing to Roman that I'm gonna. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that yet. But I'll I, hold you down. It's at least uh, entered my mind. I want to ask. You see the Trevor Bauer stuff last week? Uh, I, and the girls like. It's, it's bad news. All the texts coming out, huh? Her and her girl. Who's this girl? That other girl is bad news too. Uh, yeah, all of them. But I mean, this is that might be the greatest example yet of how allegations got. A team, pardon me, a league, I mean, every, any corporate entities to run screaming and to bury a guy and abandon somebody that they considered a, a, you know, a partner, an employee or whatever, without any shred of evidence that it was true because the story was so awful, right? I mean, that's what it, I mean, it, the allegations were horrible. When you, I remember reading the allegations, like, and I'm a Dodgers fan, and he had just signed that deal with LA earlier that year. He was getting paid more than like five teams total payroll. In Major League Baseball. Really was. That's a thing. Really? Oh, yeah. No, he was making like 42, I think, a year average, and there were like five teams with a combined payroll of 40 or less. It was, it was pathetic. Um, what teams are only paying that? Uh, I think at the time it was Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Miami, and maybe – oh, I have, to, I have to think about that some more. But there was at least one more. It was pathetic. Um, but I remember we all read that. I did. I was like, dear God, is this guy sounds like, if this is true, an absolute psychopath who should be, you know, nowhere near civilized society if this stuff is true. Correct. And, you know, I'll admit I read it and I'm like, damn, those are some horrific allegations and awfully specific. Um, you know, this might Very be. Very specific. Right. And then here we are two years later. And finally, Trevor Bauer is able to show the world that he has this woman's text messages, the video with the metadata to prove where she was, right? And the morning after, supposedly, the most horrific and violent and brutal attack of this woman's life that left her bloodied and bruised and all sorts of things, we see a video of her laying next to him in bed, smirking while he's asleep with whatever those things are on over his eyes. And it's like, if, if that's not jar- that didn't wake some people up to the fact that, yes, horrific things happen to women. And, you know, there should always be justice served to those women. But like there was this whole push for a while there was like believe all women and it's like that's not a good idea you shouldn't scream that thing you shouldn't mm-hmm. believe all women it sounds powerful until you realize that believe all women leads to ruining some people's lives so Kyle and this will just be my opinion on it is that look man that's just in life when you I was talking to my, my boy JD the other day about this when you like put your stake down on something like and just I, this is the just a hard line. This is just what it is, right? The moment you start to do that, the moment you get proven wrong, that not every situation is just like just one way. Right. Like, right. Nothing is just that. Nothing is just that. Well, 
you can't just be so hardened up to where you can't even look at or, or hear anything or just that hardened up, right? Where right. I'm just going to down this knife. And then all of a sudden, because then you'll get called on it. And that's what it is right now. It's like, well, yes, all women should be heard. All women should be, you know, thought of and cared for. But that doesn't mean you just can just take only one side of the story. Sure. As well, right? What's well, wild, so- too, because now she's trying to, for some reason, she's trying to fight this. And she's like, well, it was the lighting in the video. The lighting? The lighting. You were just brutally attacked the night before, and you're still laying well, she in she doesn't do good every time she's went on TV and tried to talk to people. No, I mean, th- this, is, this, this is a fairly pathetic example of, of, you know, someone who's just trying to still get away with something that everybody sees through. But what about Matt Ariza, the punt god? Oh, yeah. I he mean, was a bu- dude, the day that Buffalo, that news came out, and Buffalo basically parted ways with him, they were here in Carolina. I was doing the pregame show at the Doghouse when the news broke that they were punt, they were uh, they were parting ways with him i felt bad for them. oh well i mean at the time my my default stance on these and i'm sure yours is too is like i wasn't there i don't know yeah. show me some evidence uh, yeah, and then i'll try to make the best possible reach the most sensible conclusion out of all of it but in both cases it appears that neither one of these guys did anything wrong and you know does anything happen to the accuser in that case because had that gone a different direction both of those either of these guys could have ended up serving prison time for that allegation, for something they didn't do. So it's like, and and I bring this up not to be, well, see, there's a lot of bad women out there. The league abandoned him. The Dodgers abandoned him. That part. He's been having to play in Japan for a year and a half. I didn't even know that. Nobody will sign him. Nobody would would touch him with a 10-foot pole. And they all ran screaming from him. And it turns out he did nothing wrong. Now, Trevor Bauer's not the most popular guy in baseball, right? He's kind of a dick. He's definitely got a different personality. There are a lot of people who already hated Trevor Bauer before this stuff because he's he just he's a different kind of dude. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't see this for for what it is. And does he sue Major League Baseball? Would you? Because effectively, you were just unable to work and had money taken out of your pocket, and your employers ran screaming from you from you know based on allegations that couldn't be further from the truth. It seems. Yeah, but I think it's going to be a tough one to win just because. Um, like you're held to a higher standard. And so for you to even be involved with any of this stuff is like a bad look on the league. Like that, at least that's like the NFL. Even when none of it's true. I get it. But I I think you would try to recoup some of your salary or some of your missed opportunity. And I think the the major league baseball would eventually settle and, uh, and just kind of keep that with it for what it was. But uh, it's just such a tough place to be in. And it just sucks because that's life, and life is hard, and it, it's not fun. Um, it's not fair. But, Kyle, man, I don't know, man. You better stop messing with these crazy women, bro. That, that'd be my best, ex- you know, yeah, best yeah, advice. Man, like, at if the it's same red- time, though, some of these crazy women are very adept at pretending they're not crazy. And dudes is crazy, too. Like, I just heard something just happened in my family. Somebody busting in the house and stuff. So This woman texted to her friend, need daddy to choke me out being an absolute whore to try to get in on his $51 million. <laughs> that was the text I read. That's what she said. Yeah, she did say that. <laughs> that did happen. I mean, I'm, I'm laughing, but that's that's evil, bro. That's evil. I mean, you could have just left the $51 million part out. You, yeah. It would have been probably just as, just as great. Sure. Just as well received. Right. I mean, she Without like, the $51 million She literally texted next victim, star pitcher of the Dodgers. 
Um, and then her friend was like, what are you going to steal? And, or she's like, what should I steal? And her friend was like, his money. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if people haven't seen the video, they should really watch the video. No, I saw her in an interview, too, and she, it was not good. It was not good. Oh, nothing is. No, this, it's, 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 not good. it's really embarrassing to watch this play out. It is. Uh, you know what, Kyle? I'm also, you know what I'm rooting for? Huh. And I'm going completely political right now. I'm rooting for the Republican Party to nominate and get somebody correctly to be the leader of the House of Congress. I, I just want to go yeah, out and the say Speaker that. of the House? Yes, the Speaker of the you House. You want them to get that over with? I want, yeah, I would love to see okay. this to try and expedite. And I hope, I'm really, really rooting for them to get this right. That's it. It's a lot of stuff going on in the world you, right you've now. You've been very politically engaged lately, I've noticed. I have been. Um, I just, because I'm rooting for things to go in the correct direction. And so. Um, you don't think Biden versus Trump is the best direction for the country? Dude, I, I don't because the world <laughs> is literally bananas right now. And look, America's problems aren't everybody else's problems. And everybody else's problems shouldn't be all the time our problems as well. But we are the example. And so it's something to be said about being an example in the fact of like, are we I'm though? an example. Well, in certain cases, for those that choose to try and live this lifestyle, which is. I think once I think there was a time that was definitely true. And I think in certain cases that is still true. But I think there's enough of the world that has demonstrated they clearly do not give a shit what we think or do. Correct. That I don't know that we're, I don't know, I, I just say, I don't know that I frame it like that anymore. I know China and Russia um, don't, don't care. What no, 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 I, that's why I said for those that choose to lose, live this lifestyle, which sure. is a democratically sure. run lifestyle experiment, like that is who we are. We are the example. That's what I mean by that. I, I, yeah, I mean, the I The democratic I part of Just in it. terms I, of, yeah, I, you know, yes. Absolutely. Everybody else is not. I, I don't – I've been through – let's see. Um, That's not a whole – Oh. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. This will be my sixth presidential election as an adult coming nice. up. Right? So I just had to do the math real quick. This will be my sixth presidential election. And looking back on them, it was – what was it? Bush Gore. I think it was Bush Gore. And then it was Obama. Then it was Obama again. And, of course, it was Trump. Uh, then by yeah, so um, I don't like you. You hear the some of the you hear the same messaging, I guess, every single time. This is the most important election if we're going to save the country. Like you know, we got to save the win the country back, save the and it's like okay, but this is the one where that's true. No, 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 no. That last time it was kind of true. This time, you know, this is is it true? Are we in as dire straits as some would have us? Like I don't think we're in a good spot right now as a country at all, but. How dire is it? You tell me. I, on a scale of one to ten? Yes. As far as like what? Like where the country's about to end? America's standing in the world, the economic health of the country. I'd say three, four. Who? Very low. That's bad. You, don't, you think it's way higher than that? No. I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of bad stuff happening in America, right? And I'm just. Sure. I, I have. But it's so many outside factors that make out like, you know, the macro to micro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm trying not to drag us into a full blown conversation here. Go too down too deep in the weeds. Um, you know, my views, like a lot of people, I think, as you get older, have 
in some ways shifted, but in some ways I feel like I'm the exact same person. I do believe the spectrum is sliding in front of us. You know, where a lot of people who, you know, identified one way years and years ago no longer feel like they can identify that way because culture's changed. Party priorities have changed. Yes. Uh, the composition of these parties have changed. And quite frankly, um, you know, I, I, while it's become kind of trendy to say you're politically homeless, um, I was actually rechecking my voter registration status the other night because now I live in a different county and you know, I'm a registered independent because I will not pledge fealty to either one of these political parties. Yep. Um, you know, both sides do things that I agree with. Both sides do things that I vehemently disagree with. But in terms of just the overall health of that discourse, being able to trust one another to get things done, um, you know, just the, the blatant disrespect for people and offices. I do think all that's the worst I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, and I don't know if it means we're on the cusp of, you know, violence or revolution of any sort. You know, people say those sorts of things all the time online, and I don't know if they're as true in real life as they are on Twitter. I agree. But there's a lot of nasty things that are being lobbed from one side to the other and vice versa. And I don't know how we calm that down, right? I don't, I don't know how that's ever going to stop. Is it worse now than when we were kids, or were we just naive to it? Was there just no social media outlets that, you know, allowed us to see the type of venom that certain people have for others. But is that, you know, you understand what I'm asking you? Like, yeah. I, I have strong feelings about the world. I have my own values, my own belief systems. Everybody does. But is it worse than when we were kids? Do you think so? I think, I think. Or is the world just different? No, I, I, I think not only is the world different, it's more connected. And like, um, I, I think you, because the accessibility is so much differently, Kyle, we all, we see more. And so when you see more, you try to understand more. Yeah. You try to, um, and also here in America, it's not just like um, the people that you grew up with on your block. Yeah. Like most people don't grow up like that. Most people either move, especially at your age right now, uh, because you're in your own house. You you have your different neighbors. You're in your your circles have changed and shifted, and not everybody has grown up in Alabama or or Virginia or sure. even in America. Like, sure. Not everybody grew up here. And so there are people there are people celebrating in the streets of New York City. Uh, celebrating what, what the what, what Hamas did in Israel. Yeah. In the streets of New York City, draped in, in you know Palestinian flags and celebrating and dancing the attack on Israel in America, in New York City. Yeah. They don't they don't like each other over there. And and this is things and that's that, been thank you. And that's not me trying to be the the authority on yeah, the dispute the between yeah. the you know the Israelis and the Palestinians that's that's been going on for so long and there's so much nuance to that yes that you know I'm not going to wade into that I, I have a general understanding of it but mm -hmm. you don't want to hear me wax poetic on it but you got people in the streets of America right now dancing and celebrating the slaughter effectively of women and children in the streets of Israel it was and that's repulsive to me that's absolutely repulsive um, I also you know, find the slaughter of any Palestinian repulsive. But that's not my fight. That's not my holy war. And so I'm not going to make you listen to my thoughts on it. I just think it's very jarring to see the news and to see that sort of thing happening. So yeah. just to back, like, we're not even in a place right now. And maybe, again, we've never been. I, but I, I think it is worse. We're in a place right now where I don't think that the average Democrat is able to admit freely that Donald Trump was right about a lot of things. Right? I don't think that the, the average Republican... I, well, I, I, don't, I don't think anyway that a lot of Republicans 
can look at the Democratic Party and think that they've done some good things for workers or for mothers. Like, it's, it's hard for them to admit those things. That's not a good place to be. I agree. Not that's, that that's, part. That's not a good place to be. And I bring that up about Trump, too, because you're, you're watching now, you know, the Democrats, well, we might need a border wall after all. You know, we have a free flow of um, a lot of undocumented immigrants coming into this country. And, and they're not just from South America. No, most people that with a heart are saying, well, yeah, this is America, right? The Statue of Liberty. Give me your tire. Give me your port. Yeah, like no one. I personally want to welcome, you know, hardworking, taxpaying migrants into this country, right? Yeah, I do. But does anybody think that a free flow of millions of undocumented people flowing into across the southern border is good for anybody? No. And now you've got these northern cities, New York, Chicago, these, the, these communities that are holding rallies, many of them minority communities. They're screaming at their politicians, stop bringing all of these people here. We don't hate them, but we don't have the infrastructure for them, and we can't find jobs as it is. And so now you've got people on the right saying, huh, that's weird. We've been telling you for years that this has to stop. You know, the El Pasos and the other border towns that have been begging for relief for years because there's been just a constant surge of undocumented migrants coming into these towns. And nobody just hates these people for being undocumented immigrants. No. But with that does come a lot of risk and danger. And, and the American, so, it's just, but it's, they can't admit it. A lot of people on the left can't admit that there were policies there that make sense, that it's not all about xenophobia or racism or any of those things. It's just about simple logistics and common sense, and it always was. And now you're seeing, again, northern cities that are sanctuary cities, quote-unquote, that are like, oh, we can't do this anymore. I remember they were beating How do you chest- think El Paso's felt for about 25 years? I, I, I do remember they were beating their, beating their chest about sanctuary cities. Right, <laughs> right. Now all of the, a sudden the sanctuary cities want to close the door because they're too full. Well, it's also people that's not even from border towns taking in people and then shipping them up there too. So it's not like right. it's, they just go in there. So it, it's a whole back and forth posturing on both sides sure. that are continued to uh, not only um, stoke the fire more and continue the division and like leaning into it because bottom line is they all want to, to win. Yeah. Winning is more important to them than actually solving the problem at times. Sure. I think that is also a big problem for our democracy or democratic process right now where we sit and stand with so much division. Yeah. And so... But, and the flip side of that, then, can I then, also say, too, is that, like, just to not only give a one-sided example, huh? um, I, you know, the CDC and other health organizations, have they've admitted they made a lot of mistakes during the pandemic, right? Because, mm-hmm. of course, they did. Um, a lot of these lockdowns went on for too long, there are a lot of kids in school that are really suffering still and behind because of some of those things. But at the same time, while, you know, I, I don't think I think there was a lot of lying and a lot of misdirection, a lot of misinformation about the, you know, the vaccines and stopping transmission and things that, that are still allowed to be passed along. You know, those there are those vaccines did save the lives of a lot of very old and very sick people. Do I think that everyone should have had to have gotten a shot? Do I that I agree with vaccine mandates? Absolutely not. Right. But. You know, there are people on the right still that because they are so anti-COVID vaccines, so anti-Pfizer, understandably to an extent, they won't even admit that there are grandmothers and grandfathers and people with cancer who definitely benefited from that vaccine. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I, I don't. All I'm saying is, is it's not some attempt at kumbaya. It's that I wish people were just fucking nicer to each other yeah. and more willing to have conversations with each other to find out that, hey, there are some parts of your worldviews that are certainly incompatible. 
right? But you do agree on more things than you realize. Mothers and fathers and peoples with families have so many more things that they agree on and so many more commonalities than they have disagreements and differences. And we're just not in a good place to talk about those things right now. Yeah, and it stinks to, to feel that way, right? It's like now it's pressure all the time just oh, yeah. to even get it right. No doubt. Um, but my last part on that whole um, – how they continue to stoke the fire and all that other things. I would say we need to, that's why I'm rooting. I even brought the whole thing up about getting the speaker of the house. That's a back, mess. Back together. That's a mess. And why I'm rooting for him, because I would love for them to get some kind of border policy done. Like sit down, work it out. It's yeah. crazy that all we've heard for 20 years is about the border. And, like, nobody would do anything. But everybody has a problem with it. Yeah. So, like, when I just want to address the problem. We talked about this years ago, Kyle, when we were on, like, episode three and four, okay? When, like, sit down, talk about it. Because it's really hard to continue to push the ship forward when you don't know how many passengers you got in it. Well, right. It's and, hard. But the border's become just a political cudgel at this point. Right, it's, that's it's what not, I'm saying. Like, it's th- like... Nobody... It, 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 the, there are very few earnest attempts to solve the problem. That's, that's it's my... It's just a political cudgel, <laughs> right? I mean, the left's letting too many people in. They're endangering the... You know, they're overwhelming the infrastructure, this, that. Well, the right's racist. They just don't want brown people here. And it's like, no, I mean, no, there, there is a happy medium here. I think it has to be somewhere. And, and I've also watched documentaries on, elite, on immigration and how difficult it is for... You know, people attempting to do it the quote unquote right way yeah. to get in here. And that's not right. You know, yeah. we, we should the people who go through the process should be, you know, allowed to in a reasonable amount of time become U.S. citizens if they've done the right things. But apparently that, that that's not so easy to accomplish. either. No, it's very hard. And as someone who's never had to go through it, I was ignorant to that for a long time. Yeah, me too. And, you know, there are just things that if, there's a lot of unwillingness to learn and listen. That uh, I think is at the core of a lot of our problems. It's probably Carolina Panthers problems, too, for being honest with you. Hey, man, let me. For all the Carolina Panthers out there, last couple of weeks I've been giving you advice about, you know, hey, at least you're not the Bears. Yeah. All right. Hey, at least you're not the Bears. At least you're not the Bears. Yeah. Um, now I'm on like, mm. Although, that's not true here it's because the Bears anymore. own the pick. Yeah, that's not true So anymore. if Carolina, you know, is the worst I, team I don't in the know. NFL. As are they, they the are worst right team? Now, yeah, they're the only winless team left in the league. Yeah. And uh, as of right now, Chicago owns the number one and number two overall picks, courtesy of Carolina. So if you have given up effectively in the last year, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, right, for these picks and to get up to number one, and they end up with the number one overall pick as a result of it, and number two, you failed. (laughs) (laughs) You failed as an organization. Well, Kyle, I'm rooting for them to go on and win a couple games. The title. Yeah, man, hopefully. The title of not the worst team in the NFL, that is, because no 0-5 teams ever made the playoffs. No, this I, is not going to be I the said first. that at 0-4. Yeah, this Kyle. is not going to be the first one to do it. I said that. 0-4, I was like, dude, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Um, shout out to my uh, my Alabama t- Crimson Tide for a big win this weekend. Shout there you go. Uh, this kid, Jalen Murrow, is improving. I just want to let everybody know that. This defense is playing well. And my New Orleans Saints won a ball game.